For those of you who love needlepoint or want to get into needlepoint but don't know where to start, you're going to love this month's sponsor, Penny Lynn Designs. Founded in late 2020, Penny Lynn Designs has been the fastest growing online needlepoint store in the nation, offering hand-painted needlepoint canvases, fun accessories, and custom bags. From beginner to multi-generational, Penny Lynn Designs caters to all stitchers to help anyone fall in love with needlepoint. If you're a beginner looking to start a new hobby, Penny Lynn Designs offers a variety of free educational blog posts or videos on its website to help teach you the basics of how to get started. They can also provide everything you need to dip your toe or dive in to the needlepoint world. From canvases to full kits, project bags, needles, small accessories, helpful guides, and more. Penny Lynn Designs hopes to be your one-stop shop for all things needlepoint. And hey, maybe you're not looking to take on a new hobby at this time, but still want to support this month's sponsor? Well, I have good news for you. Penny Lynn Designs offers fully stitched needlepoint pillows for those who like the look but don't have the time. Charming printed headbands and high-quality bags that are perfect for travel, the beach, or every day. So be sure to head over to PennyLynnDesigns.com to check them out. You have them to thank for this month's episodes. Hi everyone, I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome everyone, welcome to today's episode of the podcast. I am thrilled that you are here. I hope that you are having a great week, and I hope that you had an awesome weekend. We are enjoying the sunshine here in California for the first time in a while. It's starting to feel like spring, and I hope that you can say the same where you are. So we enjoyed a hike, a little beach walk this weekend, and just a lot of fun getting ready for some guests upcoming this spring. Uh, And again, there's just so much momentum in both my my personal life as well as the podcast. And of course, if you want more of those details specifically around the podcast and how we're growing not only the brand, but a few other businesses along the way, you can head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash how'd she do that for five additional episodes a month. Many of them are vlogs, so that's video blogs. We also have audio, and I'm going to take Patreon along with me this week as my husband Luke and I are doing a little staycation in Malibu at one of my favorite hotels. So I hope that you all will enjoy seeing that. It's going to be a lot of fun to share. And again, that's going to be over on Patreon, patreon.com slash how'd she do that. Well, today's guest, Lauren Robbins, was a fast friend. I know that you guys are going to enjoy hearing her story, uh, hearing about how she got started and all of the different steps along the way. And I always want to encourage you as you're listening, perhaps you are a fan of Lauren, maybe you're a previous client, or you might be thinking about starting your own business or brand. That's always the hope with these HSDT episodes, that they would not only uh, excite you about what other ladies have done, what other women have done, uh, but also encourage you that you too can step into whatever is currently on your heart or mind to create. We need more of these creative women in the world. So that's the hope and heart behind each and every one of these conversations. Well, you guys, speaking of conversations, speaking of fun, I'm thrilled to share that we have a few spots left in our beginner needlepoint class with this month's sponsor, 
Penny Lynn Designs. You can head over to PennyLynnDesigns.com slash pages slash HSDT to get your kit for our beginner needlepoint class. I am a beginner. I'm so excited to join the class that's going to be on April 11th over Zoom. Go ahead and grab your kit. I believe we have only a handful of spots left, but it's going to be a really fun evening with my friend Krista and of course this month's sponsor. As we continue to look ahead at all that's coming up for HSDT, I wanted to share just very briefly that you can reach out to us at podcast at gmail.com to inquire about sponsorships. You can always use the link as well at howdshedothatpodcast.com and go to the contact page to touch base with us. This year is filling up very quickly. We only have a handful left this fall, but we will be looking to 2024 for more. Well, those are my updates. Be sure to snap a photo of wherever you're listening and tag us on Instagram. Here is Lauren Robbins on How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Lauren Robbins, is the founder of Lauren Robbins Interiors. After graduating from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, Lauren worked for an event planning and catering company in New York City. The modern taste of New York, combined with her love of antiques and other period pieces, allowed Lauren's transitional style to truly evolve. In 2009, she returned to the South to work with her mother-in-law, where they formed Robbins Interiors, LLC, a duo that brought beautiful decor to the beaches of North Carolina and other lovely homes throughout the Southeast. In 2018, Lauren went out on her own and established Lauren Robbins Interiors in Augusta, Georgia. When Lauren isn't curating designs for her clients, she loves being with and traveling with her husband, John, and their three children, Grove, Henry, and Eloise. Lauren, welcome to How'd She Do That? Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to speak with you today. Oh, well, we just put some fun facts together, which is that <laughs> your youngest two, correct me if I'm wrong, youngest two, Henry and Eloise, are twins. They are boy girl oh. twins. They, you know, they, I have my hands full, as you can imagine, <laughs> being a twin yourself. Yes, um, yes. How sweet. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm excited to connect more dots. Um, And before the recording today, I was looking at some of your previous work and I think you have a lot to share with us. So you Mm -hmm. also have been so kind to listen and, and love the podcast. So you know how this kind of works. We love to dive in. So how about this? I mentioned a few fun facts in your intro, but perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about your upbringing and then ultimately what led your decision to Chapel Hill. Absolutely. Both of my parents are actually born and raised in New Orleans, but I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I grew up in Charlotte and it's funny when we moved there, everyone was a Tar Heel fan. Oh yes. I understand. I was like, okay, like, okay, you know, you're in third grade and everyone's talking about the Tar Heels and (laughs) I'm like, okay, I guess I have to be a Tar Heel fan. And you know what? Like I stayed true to my word and I became a Tar Heel fan and ended up going to Chapel Hill when I graduated from high school in 03. And at the time, you know, it really did fit in nicely. I always loved journalism. I went to the School of Journalism and Mass Communication, which it was called at that time. And I actually ended up studying PR there. And so I really thought I wanted to go into public relations and that was my path. That's what I kind 
kind of thought, you know, I would base my entire career on um, going into public relations. And so when I graduated from Chapel Hill in 2007, I knew I wanted to move to New York. I, it was always a dream that I'd had. I, you know, had this beautiful vision of what New York City life was going to be like. And so I moved up there with an unpaid internship, which my dad absolutely did not understand. Uh, he was like, what in the world? But I moved up there in 2007 and worked for a fashion PR company. And after about a month or so, I was like, this is not the path for me. I just was not into the messaging and the direction and the people that I worked with. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have kind of like built my whole identity on moving to New York and being this PR girl and I don't like it. And I just spent four years at college studying public relations. Like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Well, I knew I could go back home with like my tail, you know, between my legs and, you know, try and do something else. So I ended up meeting a family friend who I was like, okay, I'm just going to have dinner with her and I'm just going to pick her brain. You know, she had been in the city for probably eight years or so. She was a little older than me. And I was like, she may just know something I can do. Well, we went to dinner together and we had this like fabulous conversation. And all of a sudden she was, she looked at me and she said, you know, I really need an assistant. And, you know, I work at this event planning and catering company. It's really fun. We get to do events all over New York City. Would that be something you'd be interested in? And all of a sudden I was like, sure. Yeah. I mean, it was. <laughs> Better than going back home and trying to find a job with, you know, living under my parents' roof. So I totally kind of pivoted and went to work for this event planning and catering company as an assistant to an event planner. The beautiful thing about that job was it was such a it was so different from what I expected and it allowed me to be really creative. You know, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into when I accepted the position. I just was like, yes, use me as you need, as you need me. I'm organized. I'm a go-getter. I can do this job. Like I will learn. I learn well on the job. I'll do it. So I went to this job and it was so amazing because we at the food portion were working with these amazing high-end event designers and really turning food into art and really figuring out new ways to display and serve food. And it allowed me to to work, we actually had in-house designers who designed our food displays. Like that's the type of event planning company we were working for. Wow. And they just taught me so much about how to use everyday items and turn them into new vessels uh, for display and just showed me, really helped me think outside of the box. And I love that. I was not expecting you know, this job to be where I would really spark my creativity again. So much fun. It's so fun to hear the path that you took. And <laughs> fun, funny enough, I have to just mention those those fun facts connecting the dots. Yes. Um, my family is from Charlotte. And then I too moved to New York City, uh, my dad's side of the family, to go ahead and do an unpaid internship. And I just want to say 
that if you are listening and you potentially want to head to the city, that's actually such a great gateway um, and option if that's a possibility for you, if you have some support or or perhaps if there's another role you can pick up on top of the unpaid internship. Um, that was my route to the city as well. So it's fun to hear all of the different ways that right off the bat um, upon graduating, you quickly realize, okay, the PR side of things is not necessarily what I want to do, but I love what you said. You're like, I can't go home just yet. I can't go back without um, connecting with this family friend. And then it's so interesting to hear that the theme of this catering company, it sounds like, was the display elements and and the beauty of creating this the food display into art. Which Absolutely. I know is going to tie into to your story, um, but that's really interesting because I'm guessing this is either when social media is kind of coming or not even yet. So they were they were bef- before the charcuterie boards, and they're really I mean, making that it, the case. Uh, we it was such it was something you know coming from you know, Charlotte and and Chapel Hill, and then going to New York. I mean they the the design team, excuse me would go to design shows in France and find these beautiful vessels to display for, um, to keep food warm. And it wasn't just like a, a stainless steel, um, chafing dish. It was like beautiful ceramic, like tiered structures that didn't even look like it could hold, you know, that it could hold food. And then all of a sudden you take the top off and you're like, Oh my gosh, there's food in there and it's warm. And you're serving this on a buffet feeding a thousand people. I mean, it just, the way that the minds of the create of the design team worked and how they worked so beautifully with the chef, it just really kind of every, as I grew with the company, it really allowed me with every menu we were designing, with every event we were planning, it really allowed you, you start from a clean slate. We were, it was not just, Oh, every meal is really cookie cutter. It was like, okay, these are the needs of the client. This is the the look that we're going for. This is what they really want to achieve. And so it's the same kind of approach that I do in my design. I'm, I was really focused solely on the client. It was specifically for them. And it was just kind of a fun little mission to really come up with these designs and these looks and this presentation that no one had ever really seen before. And you're right. Like it was before social media and like social media was, it was 07. So we were just kind of kicking off. I mean, I feel like we were just putting things on Instagram, like maybe towards the end of my time there. Wow. Well, it's fun to hear. It's fun to hear that those antiques and kind of other period pieces really sparked your interest. Mm -hmm. And then there's a part of this puzzle. I'm thinking about the time frame, but you need to share because I don't know exactly if your mother-in-law is your mother-in-law yet or okay not yet so what did what did this all look like what did the time frame look like because I know ultimately you do head back to the south I do yeah so I at the time when I moved up to New York I was dating my now husband um and he had gone back to school um he he had gone to Swanee undergrad and then went back to went to NC State to get another degree but we both agreed you know I've always wanted to go to New York. He had to finish out school. And we were like, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, then it wasn't meant to be. So we did the long distance thing for a bit. And then after about two years, we realized like in 09, like, it okay, like it's getting hard. 
maybe we want to kind of take some things a little bit more seriously and see if we actually get along living in the same city uh, <laughs> because we had really done long distance for almost all of our relationship. And I moved to Raleigh, so back down south. And once again, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew that I, I'd had this experience at and I loved doing events and uh, the schedule was crazy, but then I couldn't really, that didn't really translate in the same like quality when I moved back down to Raleigh. And so my mother-in-law at the time, um, was, has had a place in Colorado and a place in North Carolina, and she was doing, uh, interior design and home staging. And so she and I, I kind of asked her, Hey, can I help you? And so we decided to go into business together. Oh my gosh. I know. At that time we were dating. I know. Because you're, (laughs) yeah, you're saying mother-in-law and I, and I know, but I, it's so fun because you're saying mother-in-law, but I'm thinking boyfriend's mom. Like, yeah. Boyfriend's mom. We knew we were on that trajectory and um, that was the path that was going to, that, you know, we were headed down. It was pretty obvious, Um, but it was, yes, I know. And it's so funny because even when people have talked to us about, oh my gosh, I can't believe you've worked with your mother-in-law. I'm like, yeah, she's pretty awesome. You know, (laughs) we actually get along really well. And it was more of a logistics thing um, and the types of clients that we were working with that caused us just to really hone in on our own separate businesses, which was, you know, just was something that just made more sense in the long run. So we ended John and I ended up getting married in 2010. So then she really, truly became my mother-in-law. Yes. And um, we moved to Augusta for his job in 2011. And at that point, I was still, I'd had like a little bit of a corporate stint and then ended up realized I wanted to continue to, to stay creative. And so when I moved to Augusta, I ended up working for a firm here for a gentleman named Wesley Cadle. Okay. And Wesley had, had was kind of this interesting blend of event planning and um, interior design. And so what's interesting in Augusta, as you probably well know, is the Masters, um, the golf tournament takes yes. place every year. And with it comes a lot of corporate and private clients who need events. And that was what a lot of his business was based on. So he definitely had like a busy time of year, a busy season. And then in the off season, he would really do weddings and interiors. And I interviewed, his work is beautiful. And he became a real big mentor for me because when I interviewed with him, I said, Wesley, you know, I have experience in New York with event planning, but what I really want to learn and really like hone in on is my interior design skills. And he was like, okay, well, if you help me with events, then I will help you with interior, like help you learn like the ropes with interiors. And that's exactly what he did. So that was this little like period of my life where, you know, my mother-in-law, we'd had, my father-in-law was sick and um, she kind of stepped away from the interiors for a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he... So I kind of shifted over to Wesley and his team and he really helped teach me the ropes and helped teach me 
really about the details of design, which I thought were so, so amazing. Things that you probably learned going to school for interiors, but I, you know, like I said, I, I was one, I've always been one who really learns well on the job. So he really focused on the details, which I so appreciated and how those finishing touches can really hone in and define a project. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was an amazing experience. And that was fun because I still got to dabble in the event world that I was really familiar with. I did a good job at, I was organized. I, you know, I, I kind of knew that like the back of my hand, but then I got to really learn about the interiors world, which was amazing. Well, and it sounds like that season it did, it paired so well together. You're able to be out and about, about doing events and enjoying, but then learning those interior details, which I'd be curious, what would you say as someone sitting over here who's not in interiors, I enjoy it. I know when I look at something and I love it, but I don't know how to replicate what I love necessarily. What would you say would be some of those early foundational things that maybe you learned during that season? Absolutely. Wesley really taught us like how to beautifully blend like the old and the new. And that was something that I, once again, probably you as like an outsider, I felt the same way. Like I knew I liked it, but I didn't really understand why. And so what I knew, what he helped me realize was, okay, this is a beautiful piece. This is why this piece is like so revered. This is, you know, these are the types of details you want to look in with a piece. But he also helped us realize, you know, how to style and accessorize and just the little details such as like beautiful trims on curtains. You know, you can buy a pair of really plain Um, plain Jane linen curtains. But if you add like a beautiful tape or a beautiful fringe on the end of of a curtain panel or on the leading edge of a curtain panel, you know, that is just going to elevate it one one layer. It's going to a tape that pulls in all the colors of this abstract piece of art that's hanging over your, you know, dining room table. Like that is going to make the whole room feel really cohesive. And so he helped me look at the little details that then when you put them all together, created this whole beautiful picture. Um, Yeah, it was really interesting. And it's something that I think for, you know, a lot of designers, it kind of comes naturally. um, And you sometimes don't realize that other people don't know how to do it necessarily. Right. And so sometimes when I'm explaining about how my process works, I, I forget that, oh yeah, this is not in everyone's wheelhouse, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's one of those, it's one of those things that he really taught me, okay, like the little steps that we need to take in order to create a whole room that feels really cohesive. Um, But a lot of it was, you know, those finishing details, beautiful trims, flanges on curtains, flanges on pillows, accessories that felt unique things that you would find, you know, when shopping at an antique store, things that you would find, you know, at market at, you know, and just kind of pick up. The thing is, is you really, he really wanted everything to feel really collected and layered. And that's the one thing that we really, that I took away and have continued to do in all my projects. Well, such a good example. I'm going to be walking around in my (laughs) home today, like moving things around, like trying to be very, very detail oriented. I love it. And it's so fun to hear again, that that was such a, a great season and great stint for you. But ultimately you do decide, okay, I need to step out. And it looks like 
I'm going to start my own interiors company. What, yes. what did that decision look like for you? That was a little bit of a hard decision only because I loved working for Wesley and his team, but I had my first son Grove in April of 2016. And after I had him, I had full intentions of going back. And then after I had him as a new mom, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I really Mm -hmm. did have a hard time. Like I just wasn't ready to to go back. I knew I wanted to do something. I didn't know what I wanted to do and I didn't know the time frame that I wanted to do it. So I unfortunately had to let him know, like, I think I just need my time to be a mom, be with my child, figure it all out and just kind of do things at my own pace. And so, so I had Grove, I was, you know, he's probably closer to six or eight months old and you know, I'm, I was able to travel a little bit with him and he was a great baby. So I would hop on a plane and go to my see my grandmother in New Orleans so she could see her great grandson, you know, and every time I was there, I'd pop into little stores and kind of check out, you know, what's, what's going on, what is beautiful, you know, check out all the beautiful things. Mm-hmm. And then I would get back home and start piddling and moving things around in my house and, oh, I'd find an old mirror. I'd paint it. Okay. Oh, let's like rearrange and hang all right. the artwork in my living room. My husband was like, oh my gosh, what are you up to now? <laughs> um, but I started to do that at my own home just to kind of, you know, as something that made me happy. I was home more often and uh, I had one or two friends start to kind of ask me questions. Hey, Lauren, like we're thinking about getting this, you know, this sofa. And what do you think about here? Will you come over and just kind of give your, give me your thoughts? Okay, sure. So I'd go over and we'd play and move things around and, okay, you need to move this artwork here. This mirror needs to go here. And I honestly, at the time, it's so funny. I didn't really think twice about it. You know, I thought, Oh, yeah, of course I'll go help you. You know, it's always good to see friends. And so then a couple more people started calling. And then, you know, we started like, you know, it's funny how things start to snowball. And the people started calling and people started asking questions and, oh, you know, and then I'm like, oh, maybe I need to, you know, start charging for my time. Right. Um, And so um, I... I then realized by the time eight, you know, 2018 came around, it was time for me to really maybe take this a little bit more seriously than I had intended to take it, but it ended up being the best decision. And, you know, and I still helped my mother-in-law, I guess I should say periodically, she still has her design business in Bald Head Island, North Carolina, and she has a fabulous business and, but her style is more uh, geared towards beach clients um, and second homes and things of that nature. Whereas mine, I was dealing with a lot of people who would call me and say, okay, like, my mom or my grandmother gave me this chest and it's really special to our family, but like it's brown wood and I don't really know what to do with it Mm -hmm. and, or how to make it feel kind of updated. You know, I think a lot of people have this vision of, you know, old to me, old, beautiful antiques as outdated. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't touch that piece. (laughs) Here's how we make it really like, here's how you're going to kind of keep it and make it a stunner. Right. Mm. And by doing that, you know, by adding like a really wonderful piece of modern art, by adding like a really kind of funky mirror with a little bit of edge or gold to it, let's 
add all these and kind of layer these fun pieces, all of a sudden this antique piece feels so fresh and updated. And so that's really what I, how I started my business, helping people realize like, okay, there's pieces in your home that you can use, but how do we keep them fresh and updated? And that is what kind of the, the basis of the business was built around. Well, beautifully said. And it's so fun to hear your thoughts and your specific kind of route towards mm-hmm. interiors, because mm-hmm. I think, um, again, for someone who's outside of the interior world, it's almost like, how would you even, you know, separate what? yourself and be able to to say, okay, you know, this is how I can best assist. And these are the different things at play that I might be able to be most helpful with. Um, and I'd love to know, because this is always a really fun part of anyone's storyline, this beginning stage, yeah. you mentioned you're starting to get calls from friends, perhaps you're, uh, yes. you know, a, a few afternoons full of hanging out and, and moving things for friends. You're thinking, <laughs> okay, I need to to charge for my time. So I'd love to know what did it look like to build at the very early stages, Lauren Robbins interiors in, did you set up your prices first? Did you set up an LLC first? Did you get a website first? What did that kind of early stage look like for you to put wings to it? So we, so my mother-in-law had like a very basic website. Honestly, I don't even know if she still has it because all of her businesses word of mouth. So in 18, the very first thing I did, I did start an LLC. So I I worked with um, my accountant and I don't even know if that's the proper person to work with, but I just called him because he handled so much for me and he was so helpful. And he and I created an LLC And then I kind of thought, okay, I've got to figure out, you're right. Then I've got to figure out pricing and opening up accounts and how I'm going to run this business. And I, and even today for me, I think that process is constantly evolving as the team grows, as the projects that you get grow, you know, we've gone from doing small rooms and helping people with pillows and helping them pick a stair runner to full scale, you know, renovations today. I was in a client meeting where we're meeting with a landscape architect, the builder, the client, you know, now we're doing full scale, you know, new home builds, big renovations, working multiple um, vendors. And it's really been a, a wonderful transition, but it does require you to constantly kind of tweak how you are invoicing and billing and how, you know, how you structure each project because the the needs of each project are so different. And as we've grown, what our clients need from us and what they require from us has grown as well, which is a beautiful thing. That's of course what you want from every business as you grow. You want your clients to rely on you more and need you more and have you finish at a whole house. And so that's one of those things that when I started, I really just started, you know, kind of working with clients on an hourly basis. Right. Now we're really creating what we found to work the best for us is design packages. Okay. Um, So that's been, that's really been kind of that transformation and something that you know, you learn with time and experience. Well, right. And it's so, thank you for sharing it because I know that it's really interesting to me as I'm hearing your story, I'm thinking, okay, your skill set 
not only did your skill set grow over the last five mm-hmm. years, but the possibility. So like you said, at one point, you're picking out the trim of pillows in one room, one is done, goodbye. And now it's from the ground up. Oh, where do we want the, the landscaping to go in the backyard? So I'm so impressed that, yeah, you went from that hourly rate and then what did you call it? Design packages? Yeah, we do design packages. So essentially, you know, we have consultations with the client, learning the scope of the project and then really realizing, okay, our design package is a, a, a fee and then it includes these these areas. And for instance, the client that we were working with today, you know, we were initially kind of hired just to do the interior portion of um, of the home. Well, then they brought on this fabulous landscape designer and, you know, he and I, it's, it's so fun. You know, this is like kind of like a kid in a candy shop for me because he's like showing us these beautiful plans and we're talking or we're working together about how do we blend the exterior, the poolscape, like the travertine on the poolscape. How do we make that, you know, feel really cohesive to the design inside the pool house? Okay. Wow. And so we're just like working together and it is, it's, it is what I, it's been so much fun. I didn't know I could love it so much, you know, because Aww. here I am like getting to work with this, cre- another creator who has, you know, even much more experience than I do. And so it's, it's constantly a job where I feel like I'm learning on the job. And I think that keeps it really, you know, it's challenging, of course, but it's really exciting too. There's never a dull moment. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as I'm thinking of all the details, and I, I love everything that you're sharing, because it is amazing how when you step out, and when you move forward with what you naturally are gifted at, I think each and every one of us has a specific gifting or inclination and interest into a specific topic. And when you move forward into it, 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 you grow, you grow and your business grows, which is a great example of you. Um, and I think in another life, or perhaps I'm crossing my fingers over here, perhaps, perhaps in this one at a later date, I would absolutely love to be a landscape artist, like architect or, or, um, designer, I should say. (laughs) I was blown away. And I, I've been to this client's house on many occasions and just being able to see how they redesigned. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be so functional for your family. Mm. It just made me so happy for my client because I know the client. Well, I know that they have young children and looking at the way that the the space was laid out, I was like, this backyard is going to be so functional for your family, which Mm. is in part the same thing that I'm doing for her interiors. Right. 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 For me, like the whole goal is, okay, we're talking about, you know, one big kind of focal point for this particular meeting. And sorry if I'm going on a tangent, but we were talking about how to beautifully blend like the pool and the pool house. Mm -hmm. And I'm, thinking, okay, on the interior perspective, like I know there's going to be boys running through this pool house. They're going to be sitting, <laughs> you know, jumping. The fabric's got to be really, it's got to be indoor or outdoor. The sofas have to be comfortable because I can see tons of movie nights with the doors open. You could even be in the pool watching a movie, you know, just thinking about how they're going to live in this house. Whereas he's really thinking, how are you going to live in this yard? And it's so wonderful to see these two visions really come together. 
Mm. Um, so that's going to be a wonderful project that we're really excited about. Well, and it's fun to think of how many projects you're likely juggling. And I think one thing that always um, comes to mind, and it's interesting with your experience in events and now in interiors, I find that my event um, experts and, and my event planners who come on to the show and then my interiors you two, both of those categories, which you have had experience in both, you actually have reoccurring clients more so than some other industries. So yes. we have one bride, we're going to potentially have a sister of the bride. We have, you know, one home, we may move. Yes. Um, and so that's really interesting as well. I, I would love to know, um, perhaps maybe it was an early client. Has has there been, and I know this is, even as I'm asking this question, I'm thinking, oh, this is such a hard one. Because when people ask for me guest, I'm like, oh, I could never, I could never say who's my favorite. But is there a specific client or perhaps project that was a real kind of wow moment for you in your career? Well, and it's funny that you talk about the repeat clients because as I mentioned earlier, we kind of started, oh, a pillow here, you know, let's do some decorative accessories. Let's keep this chest, but find a great mirror. You know, that's really how I started until one day I was recommended by um, a friend to this woman and she called me and she was like, oh, she actually had, and this is before I even had my twins. Um, she had boy girl twins Aww. and they had shared a room. And now, you know, I believe at the age of two, they were, she was like, you know, I'm interested in splitting their rooms and I want you to, you know, design like a boy room and a girl room. I mean, that's where I started. Wow. I was like, oh my gosh, I get to do a whole room, you know? And she was just so up for it. And I kind of pushed the limits on like really making his room really, you know, beautiful navies and greens and really wonderful, like texture, this really cool, like textured tape and mm. um, doing this fun little art that had color, but could grow with him. And she was so down for it. She was like, oh yeah, that's great. And so then we did like really made the little girls room pinks and greens and really fun colors and beautiful, like belt fun velvet pillows. And, and she was on board with, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like she like, and it felt so good to be trusted mm. and she just really believed in like my vision. Mm. So she then, oh, you know, as things progress, we install the rooms. Okay. Well, let's look at my dining room. Okay. Let's look at my outdoor patio. Right. Let's, do, um, let's do a few little things here and there. Oh, guess what, Lauren? Um, we're moving. We just bought a brand new house. And I was like, okay, well, um, okay, let's do it. Right. Uh-huh. And so we like, we go and see this house and it was a beautiful house, but like definitely not in their style. And we just had so much fun being able to really, you know, reinvent this house and work on an addition with a wonderful architect out of Atlanta and really just make this home a, a home that worked, you know, because she she had older children like from a previous marriage and then had these twins later in life. So it was this wonderful mm-hmm. blended family that, you know, people would come and stay at different times. And they also had family in Augusta where they needed people to come, you know, where there needed to be room to entertain, you know, everyone, you know, 
aunts, uncles, siblings, grandparents. And so we really, it was a really fun project to make sure that this home functioned and served the needs of, you know, this type of basically modern family. Mm -hmm. And um, also, but also was lovely enough because she was entertaining for adults, but also kid friendly enough because she had young you know, when they first moved in the house, probably four-year-olds who are now, you know, almost nine. Mm. Um, And so that was one of those projects that, you know, a client repeat, um, someone who really trusted me and who has continued to, you know, we have a fabulous relationship to this day. And, and it's been one of my pet projects because she's so fun. And we, we always, you know, if I find something, you know, at an antique shop, she's like, or if I'm going to an antique shop, she's like, okay, what are you getting me? You know, what are we, what are we we finding? Um, And so we just have a good time and we, you know, continuously add layers. That's been another thing with some of these homes. And one thing that I, you know, you see these magazines and you see these pictures of homes on Instagram, but what I also love to remind people is that it, it should feel collected, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want, and what I stress to my clients, like, I do not want any of our homes to look like they came out of a showroom. Like I went into a showroom and said, we're buying it all. That Mm. is the last thing that I would ever do for a client. And so for me, I really love the hunt. I love the finds. I I love to find things and kind of search and add really interesting, quirky pieces um, because it makes everything have a story. Hmm. Um, and that's been really, really, um, a a wonderful part of not only my job, but a wonderful part of finding, of working with this client. She just really, you know, once again, that level of trust that you have with your designer, she really trusted me to, to find these pieces that really made her home, you know, a showstopper. And, and I appreciate that. That was, those are my wow moments, you know? Uh, Yes. Yes. Well, and such a great example too, of just the many ways that you're navigating family dynamics, who might be coming, who might be off at college, who might be coming home. Um, And it's really fun to think too, of just the great example of the, the age awareness you were having as well with these different rooms. So such a fun example. And I know you have countless more, but I'm so curious because it's been fun to kind of walk through the different steps of of your career and everything that's come from all that you've built since gosh, 2018 over the past five or six years. Um, (laughs) It's so crazy. I'm sure to even think back on, but I would love to know what would you say is maybe the greatest lesson you have learned? Well, I think that I try to take every experience and turn it into an opportunity. I mean, I I have to constantly, I think letting go of ego is probably a huge thing. You know, nothing is going to go perfectly. Um, We, and you have to kind of say, okay, like this didn't, turn out the way, but like the ultimate goal is to like make our clients happy is to make sure that, you know, the end result of getting a home that's finished, a room that's finished, um, is complete. And so what do we, what basically do what you have to do to get there mm-hmm. and, you know, make your client happy. And I think that's kind of what my, me and my team, we lead with every day. It's like really important for us to like be ethical and to do what, what 
makes sense for, for our clients. You know, it's not always the easiest thing. And sometimes you have to swallow your pride and, you know, admit that you were wrong, but like in the grand scheme of things, like, I think that's been the biggest lesson is just like, okay, we're going to figure it out. We're going to do what's right. And in the end, I think you'll have like you, you know, that's when you continue to get those referrals and continue Mm -hmm. to, um, to build your brand and your business. Such a great takeaway and lesson. I I take notes during these calls. I wrote down letting go of the ego. I love it. Ego, and it's hard. We're human, you know. It's so hard, and you know. But at times, you just kind of have to like just grin and bear it, and then you get through, and you figure out um, you figure out a solution, and and always trying to think on your feet, of course. (laughs) Yes. Well, especially with client relationships and whatnot, it's, it can be challenging, but I have no doubt and can tell from the many clients that you've served that that's the case. So it's really, really fun to hear. And again, this has all been so much fun to unpack. I'm already curious about what's coming up for you. So maybe you tell us what's next for you. Absolutely. So we have um, been so lucky to have clients in other states. Um, People are calling us from, you know, kind of all over the Southeast, which is amazing. So we've got some wonderful projects happening in North Carolina and um, in the mountains of North Carolina and in South Carolina and Charleston and um, in Roaring Gap and Cashers, which is so wonderful. So we've got some projects happening there. Um, We, my family, we are actually undergoing a renovation as well. And so we should be wrapping up right in the next couple of months. And that's been a project that we have taken on and should be kind of coming to completion in the next couple of months. So it is really um, something we're really, really excited about. And once again, talking about the functionality of a home for family is just something that I'm so ready for. <laughs> We've been waiting <laughs> years um, and living, you know, with a kitchen and a dining room with a laundry sink, you know, plumbed through the dining room. (laughs) We are ready to get into our home, which is so exciting. It's, and it's so funny because this, I just connected the dots on this, but I'm thinking of you renovating your own home. I'm like, Lauren, how could you ever decide what to do because in my experience with podcasting for instance after recording with you I'm going to probably talk to my husband later and be like oh my gosh should I be an interior designer so I can't imagine <laughs> that what kind of designs you're thinking coming home like oh honey should we put polka dots in here like oh my gosh that's with, so with this, funny with this house it's it is it is funny cuz it that's a fabulous question because we moved from a Tudor home Oh, and beautiful. A home that has more of a, like a English country vibe. Oh, beautiful. And what's so funny is that in my house that was Tudor, my style was a little bit more modern and a little sleeker. But yep. now I've kind of been listening. I know this sounds so weird, but I'm listening to the house and the, and the architecture of the house yep. and how like the rooms are a little smaller and a little bit more quaint. The ceilings are lower. Like I feel, you know, I'm doing some ruffles and some, Uh, um, and just really playing off of the style of the home because what I had in that Tudor home would, doesn't necessarily translate to this house. And so I really, um, I kind of let, 
the the style and the overall sense of the house kind of guide me with mm-hmm. some of my um with some of my decision making and so it's a it's going to be fun because it's a little different for me which I'm I'm excited about. Oh, well, such a great point and such a great example and and just further kind of communicates how well you do with your clients as you're stepping in from the very first moment at the front door. Or perhaps you're looking at uh, what an architect has come up with, but but you're ready to think through all the details which I absolutely love. Oh, well, Lauren, is there anything we didn't cover today that you'd like to? I mean, I um I think we kind of hit on a lot of wonderful things. I mean, I Likewise. um we have just loved being in Augusta and being able to, you know, to share our work with everyone over the southeast and throughout the country. So we just, you know, no, I think we're pretty good. So awesome. I love I love hearing from people all over the world and imagining your community and, and where you are. And I know that they're happy to have you there as well. Um and one other thing that I think has been really fun about your story and continues to be cool way back even from your time frame in New York you know, connecting with that family friend, but networking, staying connected to previous clients. It's a theme in your life. Um, So I'd love to know, who do you know that should maybe come on and share their story? Well, I was thinking about that. And I think that, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Marquine Campbell. She's an artist out of Greenville, South Carolina. Beautiful. Um, She is so wonderful. And she has um, just a really interesting story of not only is she an artist, she's a mother. She and her husband picked up during COVID with their two children and moved to Spain and have this really fun story. And I had I hadn't seen her since before she left, um, but she, I saw her a couple of weeks ago and we just reconnected and her energy and her spirit is so wonderful. And I mm. think she would be a fabulous guest on your show. Oh, well, thank you. What an yes. awesome recommendation. You all will have to stay tuned for a potential episode there. And Lauren, I know that listeners have likely already looked you up on Instagram. <laughs> Perhaps they're on your website contact page, but where can listeners connect with you? Absolutely. We love to stay connected. We love to hear from our clients or potential clients, especially with questions or just wondering if we can come do projects for them. We're always um, open to exploring that. Um, obviously our, you can find us online. Our website is laurenrobbinsinteriors.com. There you can see our portfolio. You can learn more about me and the team. And you, we also have an online shop um, with fun kind of home um, decorative items and uh, items from artisans locally and some um, throughout the country. Um, but also Instagram is really where we're most active at Lauren Robbins Interiors, kind of all one hand word. Um, but we love, we're, you know, on Instagram every single day doing stories, kind of allowing you all to follow along with what we're doing on a daily basis and really, you know, in responding to DMs. So if you have any questions, don't ever hesitate to reach out and contact us. Amazing. Well, Lauren, this has been so much fun. I'm so grateful for your time. (laughs) Thank you. And we will talk soon. That sounds great. Thank you again for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Thank you all for listening to today's episode brought to you by our month sponsor, Penny Lynn Designs. Be sure to check them out. I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday for a new episode. 
We will talk to you soon.